Somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way. Chewy. We're home. What is up, everybody? I'm Josiah Leroy. Welcome to Walking Carpet. We're doing a little bit of a, a different thing here today. My hands looked huge there. Uh, anyway, uh, Walking Carpet, our all-Star Wars podcast. Uh, as always, chanting about the best scientific fiction you can get. I can't believe I just said scientific fiction. Fiction. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, lots of Star Wars news here today, and honestly, for the last few weeks, but... Uh, what we wanted to get into a little bit oh, would be Star Wars Episode Nine. We've got some news on Colin Trevorrow's replacement. So, J.J. Abrams is back. As you may recall, directed Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, third highest grossing film of all time, behind only Avatar and Titanic at this point. What are your thoughts on this? I, uh, I've i got my reactions. Holy crap. I am excited. He was the guy I wanted from the get-go. It was between him and allegedly the, the job was also offered to Episode 8 director Ryan Johnson. Now, we haven't seen Episode 8 yet, so we're not quite sure what we're getting. But if the trailers are any indication... It looks pretty damn impressive. Apparently he gets along with Kathleen Kennedy. He seems to be a favorite with the crew. The cast. It's very interesting to see where this is going to go, particularly after episode eight. So allegedly Ryan Johnson turns down the job, which he's the natural fit. You know, everything seems to be going well. Uh, with The Last Jedi. And we'll see what happens now. But Abrams would have been my guy all along. Not that you can dispute you know, Ryan Johnson, but jury's out until we, we can actually see that film. Uh, but again, if you're just joining us on Facebook Live, I'm Josiah Leroy, hosting for Walking Carpet here at thegeekiverse.com. Thanks for tuning in. We are on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm going Han Solo today. Yeah, I know. Cheesy joke. But well, let's go down a little bit of the history uh, of what is going on with the carousel of Star Wars directors right now. We've got. Uh, we'll go back right to you know after Disney purchases Star Wars from Lucasfilm, or they they purchase Lucasfilm. Uh, originally, J.J. Abrams is announced to come in, but we have Michael Arndt as the uh, director and uh, screen screenwriter. Doesn't work out. Kathleen Kennedy's not a fan of his script. Apparently, he's taking too long with it. Film keeps getting delayed. It's just not working out. So, what happens? Abrams steps in, and we get Lawrence Kasdan as well. Famed Star Wars uh, history all the way back to Empire Strikes Back, who many consider to be one of the greatest films of all time, including this guy. So... Those two take it over. There's a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of turmoil surrounding the film. What's going to happen? Is Force Awakens going to be the film that we've waited all these years to see? Well, it apparently ended up being awesome. 
Abrams uh, crafts an incredible start to a brand new trilogy, a whole new Star Wars canon. It couldn't have been a bigger success for Disney. Moving forward, you get Rogue One. So Gareth Edwards is is directing. And he apparently, we don't know what these reshoots look like, but it sounds like there were quite a bit. To what level did the intensity come down? Was this going to be a rated R film at first? I'm not sure if all of that's just hearsay, and we'll never know. But it's kind of interesting. He stays on board there. Movie comes out, critically acclaimed. Lots of money. You know, crashes Fandango in pre-sale tickets, just like it did for Force Awakens. Pretty big success for the first non-numbered Star Wars entry. As we go on, uh, episode eight, we've got Ryan Johnson, who was kind of the guy from the get-go. Seems to be very popular with Kathleen Kennedy. All seems to be pretty smooth here with episode eight. No big hiccup. Um, so far, so good. Again, jury's out until we actually see the movie. The Han Solo movie. Now, originally, we've got Lord and Miller, guys who did the Lego movie. Very popular. They're known for their comedic timing, if you will. More of their lighthearted lighthearted take on a Star Wars film is, is apparently what we were going to get. Hi, Adam Her. They're out. Apparently they didn't like they didn't take the direction that Lawrence Kasdan or Kath Kennedy wanted them to go. Now I don't know what to think on that one, but let me tell you this. With Ron Howard coming in. See, here's the thing. I got to backtrack a little. We don't know much about the movie at all. We we really don't. We've seen nothing. A few screenshots here and there, or background shots, I should say. But this movie is allegedly coming out next May. Well, we've got to get a trailer soon. I know they don't want to Spoil anything for episode 8. However, this one seems like the least sure bet of any of the Star Wars films to date since Disney has purchased it. I think Ron Howard coming in stabilizes everything. I love the direction that he is allegedly taking this. Uh, Yes, Pete, these are pajamas. No, this is actually a wonderful Marvel shirt that I bought at JCPenney's about two years ago. (laughs) Uh, my in-laws got me a matching Star Wars shirt, so, yeah. You know what? I really wish, actually, I know the, the podcasters that are, are going to be listening to this on iTunes have no idea, but I have a Marvel, a very childish cartoon shirt on right now. It's got some of the Avengers, some of the Defenders on there, X-Men. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, you can't see all of it. There's other stuff lower, but, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously. Anyway. I like Ron Howard coming onto the Han Solo film. I think it's a good idea. As excited as I I was for Lord and Miller, 
I've got to put my faith in what Lucasfilm has done so far because I very thoroughly enjoyed Force Awakens and Rogue One. Episode 8 looks to be on the same track. Uh, Pete Her asks, do the bottoms match? Uh, no, they do not. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have these. But I would like this Marvel shirt in like a onesie. I think that would be really, uh, really something. So moving on to, to episode nine, Colin Trevorrow is out. Abrams in. Apparently, clashed with Kennedy. And it seems so far, and you know what? I like that she is is running the ship here. Mm, Pete, that makes you grumpy. I get it. I uh <laughs> Adam Adam her uh I can't confirm or deny that. Anyway, episode nine, also it should be noted, is is delayed till December of two thousand nineteen, and I love that. I absolutely love that. You know why? Because in S. Jeff Pavlak of the Geekiverse, it has become a Christmas time tradition for us to go and freeze our asses off and wait in line and go see Star Wars. It is always a fun experience. We come back podcast afterwards. It's it's just a nice thing. So I was I was a little apprehensive at first when it used to be every May. And I like that they're they're moving that. But Episode 9, uh, we know very, very little about it because, frankly, we've got a lot to get to with Episode 8 and then the Han Solo movie, you know, after that. But I think that this is all for the best. Abrams sold me on Force Awakens so much. He captured so much fun. He captured the essence of what it meant to be a Star Wars fan. It was like watching a Star Wars movie for the first time. And yeah, you're going to get people, I know some of our viewers here are going to think, oh, it's, you know, there's too much uh, of a new hope in it. I say I respectfully disagree. I believe it was more of paying homage to the original film or the original trilogy. However, I think... Abrams will take a nice crafted approach in rounding out this trilogy. I think he knows what Star Wars fans tend to want. And granted, it's only been the one movie for him, but I think he's going to slip right back in seamlessly. Adam Hur, I do respectfully disagree. <laughs> uh So what, tell me what you think. I know we've got a, a chat going on Facebook Live right now. Uh, for those of you that will be hearing this on iTunes and SoundCloud on Thursday, let me know what you think. Uh, what are you thinking right now? I would love to talk to you. Colin Trevorrow out, J.J. Abrams in. Would you have picked Ryan Johnson, even though we haven't seen Episode Eight? Would you have picked someone else? There was a, a short list of, of directors that it seems like. You know, you go on your online entities uh, media reports. It seemed like it was always down to Abrams and Johnson. Now, I believe we're going to get a dark movie when it comes here to Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. I think it's going to, to be intense. I think there's going to be things that we maybe don't like, maybe are not comfortable with as Star Wars fans. That's okay. 
the other the Star Wars trilogies they tend to follow a, a similar rhythm or pattern as George Lucas always said back in the day they're supposed to rhyme if you will so the first one is usually exciting it's it's setting the new story for the new trilogy the the middle entry this being you know whether it was Empire Strikes Back or this one it's meant to be a little bit dark it's going to move the story that way what I think we're getting from Last Jedi, and it's so hard to, to tell right now, is a mix of that darkness, a new flavor from Ryan Johnson, and a total advancement of the story here that's going to set up for a kick-ass finale. Now, obviously, that's all speculation. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen episode eight. Lucasfilm has seen it. I got to think they're confident in what they've got so far. And they were confident enough, apparently, reports say, to ask back Ryan Johnson. So, that being said, what do you think? Leave me some comments here in the chat. Would you have picked Abrams? Would you have picked Ryan Johnson? Would you have gone with someone different altogether? I'd love to hear from you there. Abrams did something for me. I know I've got some Star Trek fans in the chat too. He brought me into Star Trek. I am a a latecomer when it, it comes to that. I know. I haven't I haven't been a, a Star Trek geek for very long. But in 09, when we got the reboot from Abrams for the, the new Star Trek era, if you will, I went in blind and I came out a Star Trek fan. I thought he did such a wonderful job. And also Into Darkness. I thought it was fantastic. I, It kind of opened my eyes to what Star Trek could be. And it really made me want to pursue being a, a more so a fan of Bill. His, his directing flavor all over Force Awakens. You can totally see it, even though Star Wars and Star Trek are different in so many ways. So... So far, I think, despite all of what seems like the turmoil going on at, at Lucasfilm, I like what Kennedy has done. She has kind of been the overseer. You know, maybe maybe Joss Whedon or you name it in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But there is a leadership group in place led by her, and she makes the shot, or she calls the shots. I think it's important because... If it doesn't all fit together, there's no sense in moving forward with it. So, Adam Hur writes in regarding Force Awakens or Star Wars in general. Uh, there were not enough lens flares in Star Wars. The more lens flares, the better the movie. It's the Abrams effect. It's similar to the Bay effect, just less destructive. <laughs> uh, perhaps, perhaps. Adam Hur. Ridiculous. So I can't wait for episode eight. Tickets go on sale, I believe, maybe at about a month and a half. So we're, uh, we're getting there. But I, it makes you wonder, ah, uh, yes, Justin Lin had been uh, on some lists that I saw. They were just purely speculation. 
but Pete writes in Justin Lin for episode nine. Star Wars needs a vintage motorcycle chase. Uh, <laughs> you know, they've had some good speeder chases. Maybe they can get, uh, you know, a, a, Harley, a Harley speeder bike in there. That would be interesting, right? They can do it on the new uh, Canto bike planet that we're going to see in episode eight. So time will tell on what this means. Uh, Trevorrow apparently had written and rewritten multiple scripts for this and nothing was to Kennedy's liking. And uh, it makes you wonder. Aaron O'Brien, hey, buddy. Uh, he writes in, uh, what about my beef with JJ's bad story wrap-up? Well, he's getting the ultimate chance here. The chance to close out a Star Wars trilogy. <sighs> That's tough. That's a big deal. There's a lot, a lot on his shoulders for that. And you're right. He's gotta he's gotta round it up. He's gotta close it up in a satisfying way. But you know Star Wars doesn't end here. Whether you know, I, I, Disney's Disney's reportedly have plans for a long time. Because since they purchased it, I mean, we're going on five years now. To to pursue episodes ten through twelve, which they will if these keep selling, because money speaks. Even if these reviewed terribly well uh actually terribly it's all about the money you vote with your wallet when it comes to media whether that's gaming whether that's movies any sort of entertainment they will keep making it as long as you keep buying it so i don't know we'll see what happens here uh pete says he's actually following the prequels trilogy which is not a high bar I think a lot of Star Wars fans kind of block that out. And I, I don't say that in too much of a joking way. Uh, I, I respected the, the prequel trilogy for what it was. Definitely flawed. No doubt there. But I think there was such separation that from the time that we got those to almost rebooting the Star Wars franchise, even though it wasn't really a reboot, that I think all is well. I think, and I mentioned this on one of our very first Geekiverse episodes when we launched our YouTube, that they had kind of gotten away, Disney had kind of gotten away from the prequel era stuff early on. Think about it. Any of the new canon stuff, they reset the canon. The Marvel comics, not one mention of the prequels until uh, year three of, of their publications. Uh, Battlefront, the video game that came out just uh, about a month before Force Awakens. All all original trilogy, including Rogue One DLC. Hello, Justin from Scotland. Geekivers going international. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now we see Disney slowly moving back towards integrating that into the family, so to say. We've got we've had an Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, comic book series. We've got a Mace Windu one right now, believe it or not. Uh, you, you had Star Wars Rebels, which was not prequel, but it's starting to blend those two together with all that's gone on with Darth Maul. It's very interesting to see how they've strategized and done that. But 
we are going to take a, a quick segment break here on the podcast. Uh, Facebook Live viewers at home, we will come back and launch a, a new stream in just a moment here. Uh, but leave me your thoughts. Abrams, Johnson, are you excited for Episode 9? Does this not matter to you until you see Episode 8? Leave a comment. Get it going on the stream. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about just a few of those Star Wars books that are coming out, uh, some of my most anticipated, and uh, we'll wrap things up. So for those listening on the podcast, we'll be right back after these words. What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you of our fantastic YouTube channel. Next time you go to the Geekiverse on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to search or hunt or find or look for anything that is our great content. Then it'll go right into your YouTube feed, and then boom, you know what's happening when it comes to the Geekiverse. Then share it with your friends. We want other people to join in. And tell us if you don't like it. We don't care. We're just having fun. We want you to have fun with us. Be sure to subscribe, share, favorite, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, up, down, left, right. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, so let's get to the show. Geekiverse YouTube, do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Walking Carpet. Uh, we are streaming live to Facebook Live currently, so get in the chat. Check it out. Also, you're probably listening to the podcast via iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, which you can also find right at thegeekiverse.com. So we're going to jump in. Uh, in segment one, we talked a little bit about the bombshell news with uh, episode nine this week in terms of uh, our new our new direction from J.J. Abrams and the choice to not go, or actually the choice from Ryan Johnson allegedly not to come back. Uh, but in the chat, you know, let me know your thoughts. We can uh, we can kind of circle back around to that. Uh, whether you like the decision to have J.J. Abrams come back, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I was campaigning for Abrams as soon as I heard that Colin Trevorrow quit. Anyway, what we're going to do uh, for this segment is go down some of the books that are coming out to set up for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, it is called Road to the Last Jedi. They did with this uh, series with The Force Awakens. It was not limited to novels. They also did uh, young adult novels, and they did uh, comic books through Marvel. Uh, Seth Zielinski writes in, get whoever directed Green Lantern to direct Episode Nine. Uh, Seth, i got to disagree with you there. I think that was not uh, the direction that they should go in. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, but I... Not a good idea. Anyway, uh, some of the books that were coming out, uh, let me know what you think about these as we go through. These were some of my most anticipated. Uh, I thought there was a very good Force Awakens lead up. Uh, some of those books were, were average at best, but they did a very nice comic series called Shattered Empire, which is a four-part series. Check it out on Amazon.com. You can get there right through the Geekiverse.com. Uh, it was a, a four-part series, and it talked about a bunch of different things, including Poe Dameron's parents, uh, kind of the, the last days of right after Return of the Jedi. And it talks a little bit about Luke beginning his journey to find the last Jedi temple. So that was awesome. I was a big fan of that. Uh, I believe that was, I believe it was issue four. It was a four-part series. Anyway, uh, first book up. You can check this article out, com. If any of those books look enticing to you or you want to find out more information about them, check it out in our article or click on the link. Uh, to take you right to Amazon, you'll be able to pick up the book. Free shipping. Some of these are not out yet, but anyway, uh, Phasma 
Journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi. It's just called Phasma. I think this was big. I had predicted long ago that I believe Phasma was going to play a more integral role in uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Because of how Episode 7 ended, she was embarrassed by a former trooper in her command that got away. Uh, Kylo Ren and, and General Hux can only be pissed. So Phasma's reputation is at stake, and it's apparently something very, very important to her. Now, uh, in Phasma, uh, the book, this talks a little bit about the Stormtrooper's uh, rankings, her rankings within those, how she climbed, even a little bit of disorder within the First Order. Hi, Nate. And how she has to protect her alleged secretive past. So what's so secretive about it? Is she just the new Boba Fett here where we're, you know, until the prequels, we didn't know too, too much about her background. I'm not sure what we're looking at here, uh, but it's someone that I want to know more about and I want to see more in action. She's clearly badass. The way she, you know, right, it's established right at the beginning of The Force Awakens. I think I would love to know more about that character and her armor. By the way, quick tidbit, if you didn't know, her armor came from the ship uh, that was Emperor Palpatine, or actually just Palpatine's Naboo Royal Cruiser. He had one, if you remember episode two, Padme had one, uh, which was all that shiny silver. So that's what she's got. Seth writes in the chat, she ain't no robot. I agree. No, she's she's a real thing. She's an actual human being. Um, with Phasma, there's also a comic series uh, that just came out and part one came out and it talks about, I won't spoil it for you. I think you should go pick it up. Came out last week about her, uh, how she escapes from Starkiller base. Hello, Lindy. Lindy Ruff, my dog is home now. If you're wondering what's going on there. So in Phasma's finding that out, um, there's an interesting backstory going on in the comic book that is set up. I wasn't totally enamored with it, but I think I think it's worth a read. Anyway, I digress. Moving on. Uh, this also just released on September 1st. Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Again, Journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Uh, it is written by Claudia Gray, who wrote Bloodlines. Bloodline. Singular, because there's also a Star Wars Bloodlines book from the past canon. But this was one of my favorite Star Wars stories ever, let alone from what we've gotten from this new canon so far. It's very politically driven, which, if you know me, I absolutely despise politics. But it's interesting to see how the First Order came to be, because this book talks of the roots of that and the origins of that. It shows Leia's last days as a senator in the New Republic. Uh, basically, long story short, it's exposed, and this isn't spoilery, that Leia was the daughter of Darth Vader. Where, as fans, we think, oh, everyone must know that. And, you know, Darth Vader, obviously, he's the father of Luke and Leia. But we, it's not well known. And it's a political secret. Think about that, how our politicians are today. They... They're scandalous. They, they have secrets left and right. They, they're scumbags. That's what they are. So that's kind of where this comes from. And it even it shows 
like I said, where the first order kind of begins and the seeds that are planted there, as well as, oh, I'm not going to get into it, but it does talk about Bail Organa and her Alderan roots and even a little bit of Padme, which is awesome. So in this book, uh, uh, the new one that just came out, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, um, it's the alleged, the never-before-told story of how young Leia Organa comes to join the rebellion against the evil empire. I love that. It's simplistic. We don't really... I mean, we know that Bail Organa got her into the rebellion. He's one of the heads of the rebellion, the Rebel Alliance. But we don't know what that journey looked like. And no one, in my opinion, can write Princess Leia, General Leia, better than Claudia Gray. I'm not kidding. Go pick up Bloodline right now. Get free two-day shipping on Amazon right through Geekiverse.com. It is well worth the read. I know uh, Adam Herr from the Geekiverse had been reading that a little bit too, and he, he thought there were some slow moments, and I do agree. It's not as action-oriented, but when there's action, it's incredible. Uh, so I could not recommend that more. Absolutely give it a shot. The uh, The next book on our list uh, for Road to the Last Jedi uh, this one comes out on Halloween, so October 31st. Uh, so they space them out a little bit, give you a chance to read them. It's a busy few months for Star Wars fans. Uh, it's called The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Uh, basically, the book asks the question, is Luke Skywalker truly the legendary Jedi we all think we know? Or is the legend just one big story that was passed from corner to corner of the galaxy? Hello, Matt Carlucci. Yes, we're talking books. Oh, gosh, that sounds so boring. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, again, for everyone listening on the, the podcast via iTunes and SoundCloud, we are live on Facebook currently. So get in the conversation if you are there. Uh, Seth writes, Luke's my boy, can't wait for this. I agree. Uh, so Disney has done a great job since taking over with Lucasfilm of asking questions to tried and true tropes that we thought were just in existence. So we all assume everybody hates the Empire, the Big Bad Empire, right? Mm, not really. There's a lot of groups out there that sympathize with the Empire, that like the Empire, that wholeheartedly believe in the Empire's cause, and they're not extremists either. So it's very interesting to see where some of the middle ground people go. Seth writes, been waiting for new canon books that talk more about Jedi and Force-related matters as opposed to just military-type stories. I agree. I think that's a, a big part of the allure of Star Wars. So with Luke, is it just a legend? A small group of, of rebels witnessed him destroying the Death Star or taking down Vader and Palpatine. He's heralded as a hero... But it's very interesting to think that maybe not everybody thinks that way. Or maybe it's just a legend. Matt Carlucci writes in, I love Darth Vader until the prequels showed that he murdered a bunch of children. It's a pretty dark scene, man. It's messed up. He's messed up in the head. And I do subscribe to the theory that Darth Vader totally was, in most ways, or in some ways, a separate entity from Anakin Skywalker. A total different persona. Maybe that's a time for an another episode. We'll see. However, moving on. Uh, there's another book called 
uh, Star Wars Canto Bight. So Canto Bight is the casino planet that we're going to be getting into in um, Episode 8. It's something we've seen from some of the uh, magazine uh, articles and, and stills that Ryan Johnson has released. Ryan Johnson talked about it as rich a-holes being able to go there and spend their money. I love the premise. It looks super cool. I can't imagine what, or I can't wait to see what happens there. It looks totally like the Cloud City of Episode Eight, which, hey, you know, again, more symmetry, as I said before. But Canto Bite is so appealing to me, and I know next to nothing about it. So this book's a little bit interesting. It's uh, basically four different authors writing four different points of view from four frequent visitors to this casino, Canto Bite. So why is this relevant to The Last Jedi? Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe this is just a little bit of background. But Maggie Worth, uh, Maggie Lorchell, excuse me, from the Geekiverse, always says nothing in Star Wars is arbitrary. Everything is planned. I could not agree more. So what kind of stories are going to be talked about here between the, the four authors and the four perspectives? Only time's going to tell with that. I like the more casual approach to this. I think... <laughs> Pete writes it. Not like the CGI market in Valerian. Uh, if you saw Valerian... Eh, man, that movie was a little bit of a mess. I had high hopes for City of a Thousand Planets. There were some gorgeous visuals in that movie and some not-so-great visuals. But uh, there were... You know, it... Eh, again, a topic for another time. But what relevance Canto Bite has on The Last Jedi, or in The Last Jedi, remains to be seen. What do you think's going down here? We know that Finn, played by John Boyega, is supposed to be there, so he's recovered, he's recouped from his injuries at the end of The Force Awakens. Hey, David Duncan, what's up, buddy? <laughs> City of a thousand space hippies, he writes in. You can check out David's podcast Synthaholics for all you Star Trek fans out there absolutely wonderful stuff those guys know what they're talking about Dave and then Aaron O'Brien friend of the Geekiverse as well but he is going to be there with Rose Tico who's played by Kelly Marie Tran so what kind of missions going on there I get the feeling we'll be, be, we'll be seeing Benicio Del Toro though there looks like the most interesting man in the galaxy right like, that's kind of the, the persona I'm getting from him. He's so cool. I love the collector. So talking about Rose Tico, again, that's Kelly Marie Tran. Star Wars The Last Jedi Cobalt Squadron. Cobalt, like, really, that's where we're going now? But, hey, we're running out of colors to use. Unless you're Seth Zielinski, who is the undisputed leader of Beige Squadron. He is. Seriously, Cap Americanski on Twitter. Follow him. So Cobalt Squ uh, Squadron, I have a hard time saying that, comes out December 15th. So m mere days before the, the film releases. We don't know much about it. This book stars Kelly Marie Tran's character, Rose Tico. And it seems that she may be a love interest for Finn. Uh... Which I, I can see happening. Uh, it seems like she was uh, a part of the, the maintenance crew that was there to take care of, of Finn as he's re recovering from his injuries. And uh, uh, 
Nate Lockhart writes in, Bay Squadron must be very squirrely. <laughs> That's very true. Um, so I, uh, I can't say that Cobalt Squadron is my most anticipated book on this list, but as a Star Wars fan, I, I love getting all the perspectives. It's, it's what I enjoy. So it's something I'm going to be checking out. Again, you could go to thegeekiverse.com. Uh, if you search or actually click on our tab that says books right at the top right, you can find this article. Uh, it is eight books to get you ready for Star Wars Episode Eight. And again, uh, thank you for our Facebook Live uh, viewers. We appreciate you joining the chat here. So Star Wars, from a certain point of view, is the next book on the list. I'm super stoked about this. Super stoked. So Sean uh, Sean Barker writes in, uh, I think Finn will still be considering leaving the Resistance and Rose will convince him to stay in some way leading to the mission to Canto Bight. I could see that. Um, you know, Finn's definitely all over the place. He's he's searching for that family and I think he's maybe gotten it with resistan- the Resistance, but there's also signs of that when we see him... Um, him and Ray. Uh, wouldn't say Ray shuts him down per se, but they're Finn. Finn's a lost boy, and he needs he needs some loving. That's the best way to put it, Aaron O'Brien. So, Star Wars from a certain point of view, it's a 40th anniversary edition here, uh, which celebrates uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, which uh, came out 1977. Now, so holy crap, we've had 40 years of Star Wars. That's amazing. Stronger than ever. So uh, this basically chronicles Star Wars A New Hope, uh, the movie story, from 40 different characters' points of view. I think that's freaking awesome. 40 different points of view. So think think about that. It's going to be, you know, very choppy, but I love the premise of that. Now, this one comes out October 3rd, so we're just a few weeks away from that. But we get viewpoints from a lot of characters, and there were three that kind of stuck out to me, at least just from the cover uh, or the back of it. Uh, basically, Amperu. So I wonder if we hear or we read what she thinks about Luke, what she thinks about Anakin Skywalker, because we know Uncle Owen is not a fan. We get to hear about the rebels that were quote-unquote left behind on Yavin. Left behind. So perhaps... They abandon that base. Uh, we know they do, but maybe they do right at the end of A New Hope, and we're not sure when they're on the run from the Empire. Now, Pablo Hidalgo wrote one of the viewpoints. If you don't know Pablo Hidalgo, he is basically one of the 11 keepers of the Star Wars canon. He, along with those other 10... <laughs> Matt Carlucci writes in, Uncle Owen's point of view is just some smoke. Oh... That's rough, man. That's rough. But that's damn funny. So, Pablo Hidalgo, they they must basically craft the story and make sure that every movie, video game, comic book, novel, everything fits. It's got to all stay together. Hi, hon. My lovely wife. Lauren just joined the chat. Anyway. Pablo... Is such he's so ingrained in Star Wars. He writes all the visual dictionaries, which are some of my favorites. B, that's me. I'm B. And Pablo writes the viewpoint of Grand Moff Tarkin. 
I absolutely love that. Seth, I've already shouted you out. Now you're just being crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, Matt, Matt writes in, how do I know which books are canon? Um, that's a great thing. Uh, that's a homework assignment for me to write for thegeekiverse.com. Uh, I should organize what is canon, what is not, and maybe eliminate some and, and put out a, a best a best of list, if you will. But anyway, uh, getting back to the point, Pablo talks from inside the mind of Grand Moff Tarkin. I love that. I loved seeing what we saw of Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One. How crazy was that, that we got to see his CG presence just like that? And um, Robbie Palmer, what's up, buddy? I know you'll back me up on Love and Rogue One. Anyway, uh, with Tarkin, can you imagine what's going through his mind maybe moments in the moments leading up to the Death Star blowing up? Uh, or how just insidious, no pun intended, or how dark his mind is, or twisted. He's a military general or director. And I want to see what that's like. I think that's a dark place. I think that's an exciting place. I would love to read this book. So like Matt Carlucci said, 40 star, uh, it's 40 stories celebrating 40 years of Star Wars from a certain point of view. Sign me up October 3rd. That is a day one purchase for me. Again, you can get that two-day shipping on uh, uh, Amazon Prime if you have that, which who doesn't these days? Anyway, uh, there's uh, a few more books just to get to on the list here. Uh, Stormtroopers Beyond the Armor. I wish I could be making that up, but that is real. Uh, so the, the cover of the book shows a Stormtrooper mask outline, but not the First Order. So that tells me we're probably going back to uh, its original concept. Anyway, uh, what the book does, uh, it's, it's not a story, but it actually chronicles the evolution and depth of where Stormtroopers came from, where they were influenced uh, for design, for the actual films and the creation of the movies. Uh, so it promises to explore how these elite troops from a galaxy far, far away have been depicted in movies, cartoons, comics, novels, and merchandising. So it's the long-term effect of what the Stormtrooper has done in pop culture and beyond. I like that. I think that's a very intri uh, intriguing concept. Uh, so the last one on my list is something that I kind of touched on earlier and it was uh marvel's captain phasma now marvel has done an absolutely magnificent job so far with everything they've done star wars now if you remember back in the day marvel was the original keeper of the star wars comics and publisher and as time went on dark horse comics became that publisher but when disney took over star wars they also owned marvel so they jumped right back there. I've I've been such a fan. Now, some of the series are hit or miss. I'm not a huge fan of the Poe Dameron series, uh, which is oddly popular. Uh, the, the actual mainline Star Wars series is fantastic. The best one was the uh, 2015 Darth Vader series. It ran 20, 26 issues, and it delves into um, the mindset, the failure of Darth Vader right after A New Hope and what happened. Now, Darth Vader, the, uh, 2017, there was a new series that just debuted, and this takes place directly, right at, actually, right at the end of Episode 3. So it talks about Vader getting used to his new armor, uh, crafting his new lightsaber. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. 
pretty awesome to see. So, so far, kudos to them. Uh, anyway, with Phasma, the, the four-part series concludes and comes out with its full nice paperback version on November 28th. The first issue just came out if you are into collecting those, which I am. Also, word of advice, if you pick up the Marvel uh, physical copies, they come with digital copies. So much like if you go to the store and buy a Blu-ray, if you go to Amazon and buy a Blu-ray, usually get the digital copy so you can watch it on your phone, watch it on your iPad. Uh, so Marvel has done that same thing, and that's another reason I'm a huge fan of their comics. Accessibility, right? Always take it on vacation. But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, lot of lot of talk about this absolutely beautiful Defenders, Guardians, Avengers shirt that I have on. Uh, for those of you that are listening, I'm so sorry that you can't see this. Anyway, it is... Um, LK Leroy says it doesn't fit the talk. Hey, listen, this was an impromptu thing. We had another stream scheduled for tonight. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen. So you got to just step up wearing whatever you're doing. Uh, I do need a staff to dress me. Thank you very much, Pete. Um, uh, it just happens. But uh, the Phasma series talks about... It's uh, the first part I just read. Her exiting the uh, the Death Star. Or Death Star. Don't let Adam hear, hear me say that one. Starkiller Base. It chronicles her escape. Because we know. We know she, she gets away. She's in ep episode eight. So it, it shows a little bit of intrigue and a little bit of sabotage in terms of what happened, how she got out of that, that trash compactor. But I thought overall it was a little underwhelming on the well mom at her scale. And I expect more. But in a way... It's as disappointing as Phasma was in Force Awakens where we didn't really get to see a lot of her and we don't really know too, too much about her um, in general. So there you have it. Those are the eight books that we've uh, kind of chronicled here that are leading up to The Last Jedi, The Road to The Last Jedi. Um, I am very excited to get my hands on most of those. Some of those will wait for sure. Um, one second. So Sean writes... Uh, what is your opinion on this image from the the Force Awakens comic adaptation? Wait for Sean to put that in there for me. Again, thank you to our Facebook Live viewers. We appreciate you joining the chat. This is actually the first time that we've done this. So we we've this is our podcast. This will be available Thursday on iTunes and SoundCloud and at thegeekiverse.com. But we thought we'd have a little bit of fun with some chatter. Chatter. Chetties? Not so good with words. But the cabulistics ain't no good. So tell me your thoughts. Which book from this list was most intriguing to you? Uh, if you're listening at home, join us on social media. Uh, Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. On Twitter, we are at the underscore Geekiverse. Instagram, we are at the Geekiverse. You can also find us, of course, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, another big thing for us is our YouTube page. Head over there. You can see us at uh, youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. We've got weekly content coverage. I actually, if you follow the Geekiverse, you cannot get rid of me. I am everywhere. Sorry, folks. My hands are all over everything. We've, I've got written content. I've got audio live. I've got uh, videos. I host a weekly Friday show called The Weekend Geek where I chronicle uh, up to the top five news items of the week. Definitely check that out. I uh, put a lot of work into that, so I'd appreciate that. 
another thing is tell a friend about the Geekiverse. Share this video. Uh, it goes a long way for us. It really does. I would very much appreciate that. I know everyone at the Geekiverse works hard. I'm bringing you content every week, and uh, it would mean a lot to, to them as well. So that being said, uh, don't forget about our uh, online store. You can go to thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. That is S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y, just one E. Uh, pick up a T-shirt there. We've got numerous geek T-shirts. And that's about it. Just running through the rest of the chat here. Sean, I am sorry. I cannot see uh, the link from where I am for the Facebook Live. But uh, if you want to post that on our Facebook wall, I can definitely uh, respond to that. Uh, I'd love to do that. So thank you very much for getting in the conversation for us. Um, that being said, this week... Uh, tomorrow, so if you're watching Facebook Live uh, Wednesday, this is premiering. Uh, Nate Lockhart of the Gigaverse has a new show called The Memory Machine. It is a podcast, audio only, that'll debut every. Uh, it'll actually run every two weeks on Wednesday. You can re- hear the new episode every Wednesday morning, and it's a nostalgia pop culture podcast. Can't have enough of those, so we're very excited about that to launch that. So check that out tomorrow, or if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, you can already download it from iTunes. Walking Carpet, our Star Wars podcast here. Uh, you can listen to that every other Thursday. And on the Thursday that Walking Carpet is not, you can hear Geeks Got Game, our all-video game podcast. Uh, so lots of content going on. Uh, very shortly, uh, we'll have a uh, news on a, a new subscription model for us in terms of a, a, a Patreon Last thing I want to mention is if you are in Erie, Pennsylvania, we will be at Erie Comic Con the weekend of September 23rd and 24th. Come say hello to me. I'll be there. Jamie Leroy of the Geekiverse as well as Lauren Leroy, my wife. Uh, Seth Kapamarikonsky Zelensky will be there. I will be getting some video and interviews and selling some t-shirts. So stop on by. We'd love to see you. Uh, for everybody at the Geekiverse, I'm Josiah Leroy. Thank you so much for tuning in on Facebook Live and listening on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll catch you in a few weeks.